0: some oracle things they, they've they been in the news <clears throat> they are uh very serious about cloud boring next topic <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to get to you before you got to you me. you shouldn't talk about your topics like that john
1: i just i just want to not
0: everyone can pick to- topics like i can <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what's oracle go
0: got going on i just um i don't know they just keep releasing more information about their cloud their um their docker lightweight containers uh, yeah no, they're just, um, it's huge. Like their offering is just gigantic. Um, you know, what, the interesting thing about them is their their whole play on cloud, I think, or their unique play is that, well, one, I can actually, there's a couple aspects that are unique to it. One is that you can take whatever you're running on your on-premise, whether it's all your Oracle apps or whether it's just homegrown stuff or whatever, and <clears throat> dynamically shift those, workloads from your on premise to your Oracle Cloud. And even they're talking about cooperating more with Amazon and things and ship so you know you can shift these loads around depending on hmm. you know what's going on or what the data sovereignty or all that kind of stuff. Um, that was
1: some of the stuff that he announced it is yeah. key. I guess was, I guess that was a keynote, right? Or was yeah, that I,
0: was, I don't know, some event. I think that was one of their cloud events. Um but they're also betting that customers are going to want to pre- they're going to prefer this single like vertically integrated stack and and a vendor that can provide them all apps and they're really talking up this idea that you know they only they are going to have a complete suite of apps they're going to have a more complete set of apps than anyone else mm. <clears throat> and then, you know the and the thing i think about with that is like well, again it reminds me of the best-of-breed versus an integrated suite. You know,
1: each has advantages, right? Best-of-breed meaning an application that was tailor-made to cover...
0: Yeah, I mean, like, if Oracle has every app that a, you know, a business needs, then these are not going to be the best apps. It's not going to be the best CRM app and the best HR app and the best social app and all this stuff. They're going to be... They're going to be... They might be good, but the value, again, is on the fact that they're integrated. You can't be good at everything, right? If you try to be good at everything, you're good at nothing, right? They won't be, so they won't, uh, they won't be the best at anything in any of these apps. But that's a similar, it's a similar strategy to Salesforce. And it's funny how, if you listen to what's, what's Salesforce, you know, Salesforce's rhetoric and compare that to Oracle's rhetoric, they're starting to sound more and more alike. <laughs> um, they're spending $5 billion a year now on R&D. Oracle or Salesforce? Oracle. Now, Salesforce spends $5 billion a year on sales and marketing and throwing parties. On Dreamforce. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oracle spends $5 billion a year on, uh, on R&D, which is just a staggering amount. Although there's, you know, some companies spend more, Microsoft spends more.
1: Actually, I've read that um, they restructured their, uh, Microsoft restructured their R&D, that it, it was very really heavy. And I think they got rid of like half of a a thousand people in their R&D department. And what they did is they transitioned it from purely this isolated R&D that just went through and played around with technologies to they actually incorporated, um, I guess, engineers or product leads from the other actual products so that the R&D can be more focused towards those goals. Yeah, then it's like less research and more development, I guess, yeah. And well, so there you talking about the Microsoft research group, did that get folded in? Mm, I don't know. It was it was just Microsoft R&D as a whole. I guess it was it was always well funded and it had quite a few people in it, but I guess because it wasn't aligned with their products, with their product lines, that a lot of these were kind of just technologies that they were just working with, but they had no real kind of planned for them it was just these technologies and there was really no way of getting to where they needed to be i guess Mm. plus there's no synergy either like if you if you think about some of the ui aspects of windows and office you know there was always a disconnect between what office was doing ui wise and what windows was doing you you know and eventually after office would do their ui stuff windows would kind of incorporate some of those design styles or, or whatever into other parts of the os yeah the ribbon bar being one of them, <clears throat> um, but
0: anyway, yeah, um, I, I don't know if there was some event, but Mark Hurd, who is uh, Oracle CEO, gave a an, like an hour long interview, and then um, there were several articles that were kind of uh, various analysts writing up things, talk, you know, talking about that. Which is why how I found out about this, but I, I gra- actually grabbed a couple of clips from that
2: article uh, that I thought would be interesting. Let's see, trying to figure out the best way to play these. Yeah, well, listen, historically in our industry, you've basically had applications that produce data. You've then taken that data, extracted it from the transaction application, and warehoused it or marted it or used whatever term you wanted to use, and then created a bunch of analytics through some very, very uh, experienced scientific users who then would distribute reports out to the rest of the company. That's the history of sort of data analytics um i did that for a good part of the early part of my career and i would say things are changing now that those analytics have to have to move right next to the application itself they have to become real-time and they have to be integrated into the core applications
0: does that sound familiar it does very familiar let's uh go back into the time machine
1: <laughs> As completely blended analytics no one else in the industry has completely blended analytics with business process.
0: Wait a minute. That's Alex Dayone, our, mm-hmm. f- our, our good old buddy. <laughs> Saying that no one else is doing this. No because one else this. you're
1: running in Salesforce, you're running in the Lightning platform, you can actually take Lightning actions into your, on your charts.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, listen. Historically, in our interviews, and then create a bunch of analytics through some very, very uh, experienced scientific users, who then would distribute reports out to the rest of the company. That's the history of sort of data analytics. Um, I did that for a good part of the early part of my career. Yeah, yeah. And I would say things are changing now. That those analytics have to have to move. Right next to the application itself, they have to become real time, and they have to be integrated into the core applications. So what we see happening today in Oracle applications is no longer do you have to take data out of the application; you have to integrate it directly into the application. So you can now get real.
0: Now he said, "What he said that's what you have to do, and that's what's happening with Oracle applications." <clears throat> Does that? I mean, is he kind of being a little cagey there? Like that's what they're planning on doing
1: with Oracle? Is that what? Is that the capability today? I think that's the I think he's just speaking to an overall trend of of how maybe so how applications are going to start incorporating more analytics. Now, I'm just trying to figure out wh- whether what Alex Dayon said was true or not. Like
0: is Salesforce the only one doing that or is Oracle in fact doing that as well?
1: Well, if 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 at this point I would say Salesforce is claiming they're putting planting their yeah. flag their flag, flag <laughs> <they're> <laughs> planting their flag first. Wait, am I gonna have to bleep that? <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> They're planting their flag first. That would be inhumane. <laughs> I need to enunciate here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're planting their flag first and saying, you know, we're the first ones doing this. We're, we're the ones that are that are blending analytics. And it, it's almost like they took lemons and are making their lemonade out of it because, you know, I think an, Wave Analytics was struggling to find its place in the market. And they started incorporating it into their existing technology. So sales analytics, uh, support analytics and marketing analytics. And I think it's finding a better fit there. Yeah, and I think it's I think the message is resonating with with customers, and I think the industry as a whole is going to see that, and they're going to start incorporating not just the ability to create custom reports, the ability to create custom dashboards, but having applications that are pre built to understand and know how to analyze data in some way, to kind of say here here is some things that it can do, and here's what it can analyze, and you don't have to mess with it. Yeah unless you really want to. I think the key on that, especially in Salesforce, it <clears throat> or at least that's what I can relate to the most, is
0: um, is how customizable that is. So, you know, they, they've been talking about and then showing these demos how the sales wave or is it sales lightning wave or whatever the thing is called now, how it is going to, it, it brings analytics into your sales application and so that you can not only, See the it, you know the analytics business intelligence in context with your process, but you can also, I guess, two way thing with that analytics on, in a way. I mean that it, you can interact, you can you can take action against those analytics, mm-hmm. which you're really not. It's really not two way. But uh, I mean, integrating it so that it feels kind of like it's it's two way. You know, you're affecting that data or whatever. That's that's kind of interesting. But I think it's you know a lot of a lot of lightning so far has been very. Um, not customizable, like hard coded. Here's what you get. <laughs> and I'm sure with the idea that they will come back and make these things more customizable. Right. But that's always three times harder, right? Making software <laughs> that is customizable and more general purpose is, I say three times,
1: it may even be closer to an order of magnitude harder. But I mean, Wave, <coughs> sorry, Wave itself is is customizable I mean it started out kind of general purpose customizable so I wouldn't see why I'm not saying Waves not customizable I'm saying
0: Lightning is there's a lot of Lightning that's very much still in kind of hard-coded phase I mean there's a lot of Lightning that's just not there isn't um, someone just reminded, reminded me the other day that account team still isn't available in, in Lightning I mean that's just you know it's, it's, it's kind you know, of uh, well, Lightning's
1: too general a term you can't use that with me because I'm talking about the
0: sorry the Lightning experience
1: okay <laughs> everything's lightning so you got to be more specific
0: when you talk about it the lightning experience that's right all right I think there's more real time insights
2: the ability now to integrate structured data and unstructured data and do it in near real time so that you can now uh, make a decision on something based on
0: so that's that also you know distinguishing between real or um, structured and unstructured data that's also within the uh, wave wheelhouse I would say it is but right because I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's there it's all like Hadoop on the back end so you, you know it's essentially it's essentially unstructured data. I mean you can throw structured data at it but it's it's designed to you know suck up log files or click streams or all kinds of things like that.
1: Yeah, but I think these tools themselves at, from a general perspective are, they're they're going to really muddy the term analytics. Well, yeah, we've talked about that. and, and so <laughs> that's clear. So, I mean, these tools are going to be great at at taking data and transforming it and kind of summarizing and all those kind of things, but it's not going to be really doing real analytics on it. It's not going to be doing all these kind of formulaic. That's my point of the sales wave,
0: the sale or what? I'm just going to call it that because I don't know what it's really called. You know what I'm talking about when I say sales wave. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It is going to be looking at a predefined lens or whatever you want to call it. That's based on standard CRM data that's in Salesforce. Yeah.
1: And that know, isn't if, to say that data if you, isn't if valuable. If
0: you, no, I'm not saying they did but I'm just saying if, if your process might involve you bringing in um, some kind of data that's collected from some other system you have or some whatever and, and, and showing that right in an opportunity and letting you take action on that, then you may be out of luck for now. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's how, customab- how, how customizable is this? Is this a, something that's just going to work for some customers or is it customizable so that you can really plug in any kind of you know, wave
1: lightning component thingamajig into mm-hmm. it. I think it remains to be seen. I yeah. mean, it's, it's early days on it and I'm sure we'll get cutting there through the hype of wave, wave right. analysts can do anything. I,
0: don't, to I still what, don't what 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 even you, know
1: how to get half of this stuff.
0: Get. I, I wouldn't know even know how to get like the stuff they demo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't, is it available? How do you get it? I don't know. You know, I don't, I still don't even know how to get wave. You have to call. I, I think so. Call and, your and, sales rep. And go and out, open go, up your pocketbook. And, and
2: go out to dinner and <laughs> whatever else is involved. But Early indicators and then merge it and integrate it with the core way that you run a company. And that's how you'll see analytics evolve. The ability to take massive amounts of unstructured data. But it's not going to be good enough just to analyze that unstructured data, that social data. You're going to have to be able to merge that data with a system that can now do something
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of continues on the same topic, but that'll be cool, and it'll be cool when they expose. Are you trying to show me something? You're just picking at your arm still.
1: No, I've got this weird itch, and it's bugging me. I'm sorry, trying not to take some Benadryl. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, no, I mean I think when yeah, oh, when when they (laughs) expose, here's your clicker. When they is that um, for me or you? When when that when that becomes really accessible to you know developers whatever you consider a developer to be to really customize um
1: what? I don't I don't know that with wave as a developer we have much many tools to customize I mean and I don't as, know if it's as just, a tooling for analytics and the ability to kind of do your um what is it SQL statements and and all those kind of things I guess that's the developer umbrella but that uh, to me that's more of data scientist umbrella than developer umbrella yeah. I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't say go go to. Th- I wouldn't say getting wave and then calling up your developer and saying, "Hey, I want to do something custom." I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect them to have that skill set.
0: Yeah, and I'm talking about I don't know, like really, in terms of the scope of analytics, really basic stuff that you might want to integrate no, into existing like screens or apps or processes that you have in
1: Salesforce. Yeah, that would be interesting. I haven't. I have. Uh, actually, I think I have it for another month. I have access to a wave-enabled org, so I could probably fire up Lightning Experience and see what happens if wave I can enable. incorporate that. Yeah, should see. Yeah, and see if you can figure out how to turn on the sales wave. I think that's all feature enablement from Salesforce. You have to be on that new Lightning. You, edition is this and this org you have is not on that? No I mean that's all new. That was all recently announced. the whole new lightning orgs that cost you twenty percent more. I don't remember them talking about availability of those either
0: not not necessarily, not necessarily those additions and I, by the way, I think they I thought they were spring sixteen, they would be available
1: or maybe it was I mid. think they're starting to be available now. Uh, maybe so yeah, but it's it's going to be a transition period because there's going to be if the standard length of a contract is three years, we have at least three years of the with the current set of clouds. As they transition to the new lightning clouds, new clouds. or are forced to transition. So how, many, <laughs> so how many clouds are we up to now, John? I think we're down to three sales. No, those are additions. Oh, no, oh, no. I'm clouds. sorry. Additions.
0: I'm sorry. Additions is what so I'm So we thinking. need a matrix. It's got like additions across the top and then clouds down the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should fire up wave. At. We should fire up at wave <clears> analytics to, <throat> to do that analysis for us. Right. All right. I got one more clip from him and it's actually, there's a, Several interesting things, so we can just stop it. Whatever.
2: Around the world. I don't know why this is doing this. Around the world that we have. It's why Oracle has rewritten all of its applications from the the ground up. 100%. 100%. All of our all of our products now have basically been cloudified. <laughs> cloudified.
1: Cloudified. You better cloudify. <laughs> that, that seems to be a... A message that we're reengineering from the ground up. We're not taking the code that we had before. We're rewriting it, and I wonder if that's kind of a play to the IT sector in general, the CIOs of the world, to say, "Hey, we're not. This isn't based on that old technology. We rewrote it to this new technology." It's kind of a way of of offhanded saying, "This has been modernized. This has been updated to the current technology stack of the day." Like it's one of those kind of kind of Trojan. What kind of marketing it? speaks to say that, hey, this has been... Yeah, well, it's like
0: you used, your pet peeve used to be web-enabled. Yeah. Oh, but that used to just drive you nuts. You'd get so pissed off. Me? Damn web-enabled. Everybody says web-enabled, web-enabled, web-enabled. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of cloudified, I'm, I'm on the ball today. I've already got things on the soundboard from,
2: from this interview. Yeah. Forget the overused term of cloud.
1: There you go. Yeah. I don't even know it, what a cloud is anymore.
2: Yeah. It, it is it's,
1: what's the true cloud? I don't know. Is well, it Amazon? Is it is it Oracle? Is it? I used to think Salesforce? it meant
0: basically it entailed certainly virtualization. Um being able to just say, I need X amount of some kind of resource and I want it now. And it boom, it just comes on. I'm you know, I might have gotten six and a half machines based. You know, if I order, you know, fifty fifty instances of something, that may be across six machines, right? They they're they're just VMs in some machines or maybe maybe i got a one machine per vm it doesn't matter and it's it's transparent to me and i just request it i get it immediately it's they they bill me on my credit card and i can cancel whatever i want you know this this um
1: but i mean up until it's you, be your ala- first sentence John, it's got to be elastic we're elastic <laughs> that's what cloud is your first sentence i think was was general enough that it included anything that was a web hosted service i think and then you got into more detail, granular detail on how, the payment structure, the, the, I guess the subscription model, the, the how it's provisioned, and what you're actually yeah, paying for. If you for. have to send a fax to cancel the service, it's not cloud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying cloud is more of the business model. If you, to the, pick up, if you have to pick up a phone call and go out to dinner and talk to salespeople in, in order to get, to get something turned on, it's not a cloud. It's not cloud. In fact, I think- I don't it, know. Let's, I don't uh, know. Let me. I swear, I wrote up a, a one of my many unpublished blog posts on this. Um,
1: I'm not seeing it. Darn it! So, I mean, given given the the muddiness of cloud, do you think the years are numbered for cloud, or the the days are numbered for cloud as a term? No, no. Kind of like gonna, E for like electronic, or I for <coughs> internet, or everything was you know, some kind of web application or rich internet applications and RIA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're are no. we getting to the point where just hearing the word cloud is going to be like, oh, that's so old. I
0: Don't mean, Don't say that word. How? I mean, that's, we've been using this term for at least, what, f- five years? At least. Okay, so I found this. Here's an unpublished, notes for an un, unpublished blog article from 2012. Um, from you? Yeah. Is it cloud? This is my, I've, I've thought to myself, how, how do you test whether, if it's cloud or not? You
1: have a secret stash of blog posts you're oh, nice. sharing with the world? Uh, tons what's the point of writing keep, a blog if you're not going to share well,
0: it's just a it's a private blog it's for me it's to me it's my manifesto uh <laughs> gosh darn it no i lost i lost my other notes, so i can't take did a, you like hide out in some cabin in the middle of nowhere and write it no and that's no. why you won't share okay it? so number one does it expose open technologies basically are they private technologies or are they standards-based open available technologies um can and you th- wait a minute the cloud, the cloud you're using. Okay. Okay. Um, two. Can you develop and run your app while on an airplane? Uh, three. Can you fix a bug or make an enhancement in the technology stack? Hold on. These sound like questions, and are you supposed to be answered yes of it to every? Yes. These, to it's all a these? test. Okay. It's a test. And you're supposed to say yes to every one of these. Or maybe it's like you know, if you score a certain number of points, or if you say yes to seventy percent of them. I don't know. These are just these are just like you know what what defines cl- cloud computing. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, can you develop and run an app while on an airplane? Um, Can you fix a bug or make an enhancement in the technology stack? Uh, If the platform generates an internal error, are you empowered to investigate and resolve? Is the technology stack developed in the open?
1: I mean, I can tell this this list is very... Geared from a perspective of kind of open software, open source software, open
0: core software. Uh, when conditions change, can you take your investment to another provider? Say prices go up or the edition you're on, they're shutting down and replacing with additions that are 25% more expensive <clears throat> or, or performance gets really slow. Can you take your investment and go somewhere else? Uh, are skills required slash developed for this cloud. Are they applicable to other providers? Are there usage limits that you can't buy your way out of? Basically, you must be able to buy your... If you you hit some limit or capacity thing, you've got to be able to buy your way to a faster box or more storage or whatever. Um, It's got to be elastic. Can you get started within 15 minutes without having to speak to a human without any human action at the provider? That's a big thing. There can't be required any human action... I remember when, remember a long time ago when we looked at Netsuite. Mm-hmm. I got the I got the sense from them, and I, this still may be true, that when you signed up with Netsuite, they literally had to go create. I think they did. They had to create a new Oracle database. I asked for that you.
1: question. They confirmed yeah. it. Yeah, they do.
0: So again, any action required by human, not cloud. Uh, can you scale up, scale down, and cancel without any notice or penalty?
1: Those, uh, those were my ten that I came up. That's with. your dream cloud. That's your list for your dream cloud, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm already thinking of like a lot more off the top of my head. I can tell you
1: what you're missing. First, you're missing Docker lightweight containers. (laughs) Yeah, do they? Does it support Docker lightweight containers? (laughs) Second, you're missing is it Elastic? (laughs) Um, That's kind of scaling up and scaling down, right?
0: And gotta use the word Elastic. Buying your way out of any you know speed uh,
1: tiers or limits or whatever. Another big one is is was it built? Is philanthropy built into it?
0: Oh yeah does it does it run on the one 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 model
1: exactly? <laughs> I mean your your yeah. cloud's nothing if it doesn't have the one one one. Right. Yeah. I mean I think that's a good list. I think it definitely comes from a perspective of wanting from, to embrace more open technologies, technologies that you can actually, if there is an issue, you can actually go in and see what's causing that issue and maybe work around it, or even just kind of, thick you know, initiate a pull request and say, hey, here you go. Yeah. I mean, I think it boils down to, if I had to boil it
0: down to just a certain like adjectives or, or ideas. Um, open standard slash not proprietary It has to be virtual.
1: It has to be automated. Yeah, and I, I think, I think that's what I, I see in that, I see that in your perspective is that the frustration of working with the proprietary system, a, you know, system that's owned by a private company that you really can't have any impact on you're basically stuck with what what they give you and that that list kind of speaks loudly to that yeah, type of you, level of frustration. you can tell i wrote it right yeah there's yeah. <laughs> no denying that i can tell you just had a really bad day so, with salesforce and you're like I've and actually, it, it really no, was your manifesto I've, I've actually
0: thought about thought about creating a blog under an a, um, anonymous what are they called anonymous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's another word for it but uh pseudonym but then I thought, you know what, that, I, that wouldn't work because too many people would know it's just me. They would just read yeah. and go, that's Jeremy, obviously. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, okay, let's get back to Mr. Mark Hurd. ...written from the ground up to be... Yeah, so they... Uh, we got to back up a little bit. Said something important here.
2: ...around the world that we have. It's why Oracle has rewritten all of its applications from the, the ground up. They rewrote all their applications from the ground
0: up. To be cloud compatible.
1: Well, that's why that five billion. is. Right?
0: them. Well, and the and some of the analyst stuff I've read said, said that the reason that Oracle's past couple of quarters they've not profited as well is because they are they are really investing extremely heavily in cloud. He actually drops another interesting couple of factoids about how long they've 100%, been investing. Hundred
2: percent. All of our all of our products now have basically been cloudified. They've been rewritten from the ground up to be cloud ready. And it's critical for us, John, because we believe this is, and and Larry started on this a decade ago. Decade ago.
1: So you're saying, that's why Benioff had to kick him off the board because, because Larry (laughs) was sitting there taking notes going, (laughs) okay, I need to do that. And I need this. So so I might've believed that five years into
0: Larry's, you know, revolutionizing his, his company he is publicly talking down everything he's investing in.
1: And I'm referring to when he, he has to buy time. He has to buy himself some time. He's like, I was, you have to beep that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, man, I, (laughs) I missed the boat on this. I got to buy myself some time because the only right way to do it is to make sure our technologies are written for, for that technology. So talk bad about it until we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what everyone does though. So he could be a mad genius that way. He's (laughs) like, I'm just going to,
2: you know, talk crap about it until and, and
1: I'm ready, and I'm, then it's going to be the
2: best thing ever. He obviously is a mad genius. There's no doubting that. So this isn't something we we thought about uh, like 18 months ago and said, "Hey, why don't we go do this?" This 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 came back a long time ago, even before the term cloud was popular. <laughs> so it's this it's yeah, this whole yeah. method and approach to to, to computing. He's like on the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it could it could be it actually could be something <clears throat> tangible. It could be that. No one, Maybe he didn't believe in the term cloud. Maybe he just saw the cloud as, that's a web application. That's virtual hosting services. That's you know. Maybe he I, saw it at a very form, more fundamental level and thought that cloud was such a buzzword that he wasn't going to really give it much attention.
0: But he started 10 years ago on this. How, how do I well, reconcile yeah, these I mean, two ideas?
1: What I'm saying is that maybe he saw that, and I don't know why I'm in the position of defending him, but, <laughs> but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Maybe from his perspective, he saw that, Yes, customers are wanting to offset or offload the responsibility of managing these applications in-house and have another another company take ownership of that. And maybe that's where the transition started, but maybe he really didn't believe in the whole cloud model. Maybe he just thought he maybe he just believed in the virtualization of the technology, you know, moving these technologies to other locations, but didn't really buy into the cloud. And then as cloud got more popular and became kind of this thing in the culture, he realized he has to kind of you know, market to that.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. That's my yeah, speculation. That makes
2: sense. Which, which, which is key. And we, frankly, we started out um, getting into the SaaS business, the applications business. And it was clear when you're in the applications business to really do that, right. You had to be in the platform business. And then really to be in the platform business, you had to be in the infrastructure business. Yes,
0: okay, so I want to take that assertion. What Why, do you think why did
1: my nose turn up when he said platform? I just, I've grown to hate the word platform.
0: So, well, I'll tell you. Let's put these terms in context. What he's talking about? He's talking about <clears throat> on the top, and you've got the, the the software, this the service that people use, right? Whether it's you know Oracle CRM, Salesforce, um, what else? Z- Zora or whatever. Any of the, any of these, you know, exactly right. Any of these uh, software as a service. Workday, <clears throat> exactly. And then you have the you know, if you're going to be running an app, you you know, you need to have a platform. You need, you have to run on some kind of platform. Is this? Are you going to run your own JBoss server yourself, right? Or are you going to use uh, Amazon? What's their whatever their platform as a service is? Uh, it means elastic Beanstalk. Or are you going to do Heroku, Heroku? Right. Heroku. Heroku. Of
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're elastic. A toy box. I gotta go with elastic. I
1: gotta, I gotta, go, with elastic.
0: <laughs> I gotta go with the
1: Elastic Heroku. <laughs>
0: elastic heroku Mm -hmm. yeah so he's saying if you're gonna you know run a a SaaS as a at scale you have to own the platform you can't run it on heroku you can't run it on elastic beanstalk you can't run it on digital ocean or any you know whoever's pass you want right Mm
1: -hmm. sure as hell can't run it on (laughs) force.com why are you laughing john did did he, he said he he said he could run it on any cloud anywhere right
0: no, he's saying, listen, he's saying you have to own all those pieces to
2: do it right. Business. And then really to be in the platform business, you had to be in the infrastructure business, patient's yeah, yeah. business. To really do that right, you had to be in the platform business. If
0: you're going to be in the application business, you've got to be in the platform business. I don't know. Really? Maybe he's, oh,
1: well, I don't know. I mean, c- could, I, could I create an application today that focused on um, healthcare? Does that mean I have to... Also, my application has to also be a platform. Well, he's basically saying you can't run that on someone else's platform. You've got to build
0: that and own that yourself.
1: Anyway. I mean, I think if you're Oracle, yes. If, if you're me building an app, maybe my choice is building my app on Oracle technologies or I'm building my app on Salesforce technologies or building my app on you know XYZ. Yeah, right. I mean, there's plenty of
0: great applications that run on Heroku. I can't name any right now, but I'm sure a lot of popular apps you've heard of run on Heroku. I mean, that's their, that's what they've been
1: doing for what, 10 years now. But I think taking, taking this conversation, he's, he's really talking about Oracle in general. If, if you're, if you're a software application vendor and you're building these high end technologies, you really have to own.
2: And the last one I really, and then really to be in the platform business, you
0: had to be in the infrastructure business, which is saying that Heroku is not a valid model. Because Heroku is in the platform business, but they're not in the infrastructure business. They do not own their own infra-
1: or operate their own infrastructure. They are a layer on top of... I don't know if that's fair, though. I mean, I think I think as a business model, they don't have to do it because Amazon's already doing it. And and, I, and because the margins work out, it, it's viable for them. I agree with you. I'm just pointing out that
0: I, I disagree with this guy. I don't agree with okay. any of those assertions. Okay. Do you?
1: I was disagreeing with you because <clears throat> I thought now, you were agreeing with him. It's not that you
0: can't get... <laughs> Certain advantages from operating the whole stack. <clears throat> I mean, to have one vendor to go to for any kind of issue, <clears throat> excuse me, is a huge thing for a, a lot of, especially larger enterprise
1: buyers. You know, I, I mean, again, again, Oracle's position position has to be to own it. I mean, how, the full stack. How many times, you know, you go to your whatever service you're using,
0: like, hey, you know, it's, you know, it's perform <laughs> not performing well, and they're like, well, you know, it's just uh, AWS is having issues today. Sorry. That's the last thing you want. That's the kind of crap, right? The no one's responsible. Oh, oh, it's the hardware guys. And the hardware guys say, oh, it must be your software. You know, it's that kind of thing where everyone points the finger. Whereas if you run, let's say you run Oracle CRM and you run it on Oracle's in Oracle's cloud, that is one source for everything, right? It's the it's the application, it's the platform, it's the infrastructure, it's the network, it's the security, it's the power, it's everything. It's the space right they are the sole provider of that entire virtualized stack and, but the, or a I mean,
1: stack but again oracle's a software company they 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 live and die by providing software solutions let's take netflix for example they they don't they don't do that they host it on, w, on aws they, right and so when when there is an issue they don't go and blame i mean they don't go and blame amazon they go our service was down here's a here's a buck credit on your on your service fee which i haven't seen in a while but for a while there it was pretty regular where they mm. were doing that And so they took ownership and said, something happened. Doesn't matter why it happened. We're going to give you a credit. Yeah. Uh, Because for them, their business is, is producing content for you to view. Their business isn't
0: software. They were in the news uh, recently because they've actually supposedly finally finished their complete migration to AWS. They started it, I think five years ago or something like that. And now they're completely on AWS. But yeah, that's the vendor they've chosen. right? Right. And, and, but they're still, but they're still responsible. Netflix is still responsible for the entire service to their customers. So if they, if a vendor they've chosen right. is having issues, then it's Netflix's responsibility, and they'll, you know, hopefully take responsibility for it, and take whatever action is appropriate.
1: And I just think when, in this in particular interview, whenever he makes these statements, we have to realize that he's making them in the context of Oracle as as a enterprise yeah, software right. vendor. He's trying to sell you the, on the idea that the best and possibly only way to do it is the way they've done it. Of course,
0: right. right. But Salesforce, I mean, they operate their entire own stack, right? Of course, for, for not, not Heroku, call. but well, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't mean you can't use. You know, you can't bring in other components, whether they be software, hardware, networking, whatever components into your stack. You have to, right? You're not going to make all your own switches and routers and hard drives, right? So, but the, but you operate the whole stack. Yeah. And I think Salesforce operates their whole. I mean, they build their own data centers, and I think they're from the
1: kind of from the the bolts and the cement on up. It's yeah, they absolutely do. <clears throat> but I, I'm sure. I'm sure Larry likes seeing that uh, line item that says how much Salesforce is spent on licensing their but software. But if Salesforce were to start today, I don't think they would have chosen that model. Could be wrong, uh, but
0: because again, there's there are advantages. Yeah, I mean, to, I mean,
1: looking back, there's there's always. When you look back at things, it's always easy to kind of say, you know, I wish we did this. I wish we hadn't, you know, created this kind of dependency. But ultimately, at the time you made those decisions because you were trying to get a product out to market. And sometimes you have to kind of make these trade-offs and these kind of concessions. Um, I don't know. Yeah.
0: But I, yeah, I think it's interesting to wonder whether Salesforce would uh, would remain vertically integrated. If they were to start over today, because when, when they started, there wasn't there was no AWS. I mean, pretty much that's when everyone
1: hosted everything themselves. <clears throat> I think they would. They might. I think. I think they had a very specific vision of what they wanted to create, and and they wanted to own that. Yeah. I I don't fault them for it. I th- I think it was the right decision. I mean. I, I can't say I'm happy with the proprietary nature of the technology and the tooling that we get, but ultimately I think that has a, nothing to do with the, how they're as in, a right. Yeah. I mean, as a company and as, as a business model and, and all that kind of stuff, I think they're making the right des- decisions for the company and for, for their vision of the company. Now, whether or not, whether or not that resonates with the type of technologies I want to use and would be happy using is a
2: different story. Right. And that's why when you look at the barrier to entry, John, the ability to build out all three layers of the cloud, the ability R&D-wise to do that, or from a financial capital perspective to acquire all that good luck.
0: I was going to say, forgot another thing, you know, yeah, it's expensive to, to be completely verticalized like Salesforce is, but you'd be surprised if you look at Salesforce's, you know, income statement. Operating their data centers is one of the smallest items, right? It absolutely pales in comparison to their sales and marketing expenses. Yeah. Right. And what is what is their other one? Their R and D is also like at least an order of magnitude greater than their actual operations expenses are.
1: Yeah, I just wish their sales ex- sales line item was a bit lower. Well, So
0: I saw a financialist referred to the cost of Salesforce's revenue growth, right? Yeah. As egregious. And that's, you know, we haven't really talked about their, what's been going on with their, their stock price in the past few weeks, but. It's
1: actually up today.
0: Yeah. It's up quite a, a bit. It's m- up
1: more than I thought it would. I was hoping it would drop more <laughs> to that f- magic 45 number that, you know, you're supposed to be able to buy. And
0: it almost got, it got there, didn't
1: it? No, it, it got, it, it, came it close. got low
0: fifties. It didn't get to 45. Okay. It didn't get below wasn't 50. It wasn't far from it though. Yeah, it was in low fifties. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so operation is one of Salesforce's smallest line items. I mean, it's 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 in the top ten, I'm sure, but it's it's so much smaller than the other big ones. Right. I think the advantage they get from being vertically integrated, just from a security perspective, is probably pretty big. Especially if you think about the overseas expansion they've done, adding data centers in Europe yeah. and Asia, whatever. You know, saying that they completely own and operate those on their own data centers, I think brings a level of security. That well, is-
1: they also kind of had to because they were, they were also <clears throat> trying to build the, the trust factor. They were, they were trying to say, Hey, we're hosting your data. Trust us with it. We're, we're proving that we're going to be trustworthy with it. Right. They can't say that if Amazon's hosting their data, because then they have to go by however hard Amazon is working to build trust of how secure your data is. So they, you know, from a company perspective and from mm-hmm. their vision. John, the,
0: the part of the app cloud, is that what it's called now? The app cloud, right? Yeah. is runs on AWS. I'm talking
1: about Salesforce in general. When they were trying to build yeah. and sell the idea that, hey, don't don't have your own data center. Let us be your data center and host your <clears throat> application here. Right. They had to build that that trust. And they, there was no way they were going to be able to do it saying, trust us. But, you know, really, we had this other guy managing it. It's like saying, hey, trust trust that I'm a really awesome developer. I'm gonna build some great stuff, and then you're outsourcing to to someone else, to some junior developer. Oh, we've never seen that happen. <laughs> today. It's a bait and switch. And how can you have trust with someone who's doing a bait and switch? Yeah, the, on the difference though is that like
0: Amazon has is accepted and is known to have World class, you know, leading security, but that doesn't matter when you're when
1: you're when you're trying to
0: go to it. Going to buy Salesforce, no, it does though, John, because your your freaking bank software is hosted in some third party data center, right? I mean, people absolutely trust these in you know, these these tier one these tier one should centers. They? Of course,
1: they should. Should
0: they? Right. I'd 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 rather I would trust Amazon hosting <laughs> my data over my bank <laughs> hosting my data.
1: I hope so. I hope there's not some super genius out there ready to attack Amazon and then the world is screwed They're, because they all trusted Amazon because they all put their faith in a single company. Well, that's bad too, right? The
0: monoculture, which is yeah. why I'm not super pro GitHub as an example. But let's or,
1: take Microsoft Office, for instance. Right. I mean, I mean, Microsoft Windows. No,
0: Office, both. both I mean, they, they have market share. They right.
1: ha- Well, they still have market share, actually, but they had a much larger percentage of market right. share. And they abused they the crap were, out of the it. The reason there was no viruses on Mac is because they had no market yeah. share. No one's like, I'm not going to waste
0: my time writing a Mac virus. It also, just I was thinking, my mind immediately goes to the the disproportionate market power that gives that that single entity
1: and to that, that, to and raise prices to not listen. That's to customers why Microsoft to dictate terms was right. constantly in legal battles <laughs> with with the antitrust laws. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, all that means is that is that if you've if you've gotten big enough and you have this level of trust and everyone's flocking to you, that also makes you a bigger target for, for attack. Yeah.
0: Yep. But they've been, I mean, I don't know. They've certainly got a good track record. And again, I mean, they, they've also got, I mean, because I've had to do research for clients on which data center, and I'm talking for really sensitive data, um, HR data and things like that. And
1: AWS is one of the easiest ones to get set up on because they've got all the certifications. But well, they got certifications and they have locations to host because, I mean, there's some laws that require the data to be in-country. And they also have the, the, the right technologies. I mean, you can get completely
0: isolated. You can get air-gapped, isolated, you know, virtual VLANs, all kinds of stuff from Amazon. I mean, it's basically better things than you could build on your own. And if you think, unless, you're, unless you have in, on the order of billions of dollars to invest, you should not try to do it yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's not like our audience is like looking <laughs> to us for <laughs> know, <you> know, <laughs> how do you build you a cloud know. infrastructure application. No. But you know, having said that, yeah, I mean, I, I I would count Oracle, Salesforce, Amazon as very trustworthy with your data. I mean, they they employ some really smart people to do this stuff. They understand what's at risk if your data is not secure, if your applications are not secure. Yep. All right, beat that one to death. Uh.
2: Fuck yeah, trying to do that. Then to build the infrastructure, the data center infrastructure and the capital and remember, John, you have to do all this in advance. Think of it as to get into the cloud business from a IT perspective, it's like building a hotel and you have to build the hotel before you can rent a room. Nobody can stay in the hotel until it's built. Think of that on a much bigger scale as being what it takes to get into the global cloud business. So it's it's not winner take all, it's winner take most. Or -hmm. There'll be a couple winners, I think. Listen, I I I I was public in my view that I think that there'll be probably a couple of application providers, Uh,
1: a couple of application providers. You know what's interesting, and the statement's actually fairly true that that platform hosting a platform, creating a platform technology like AWS or Salesforce or Oracle requires a very specific point of view, a very a very specific perspective. Because if if you think about it, look look at all these kind of, before cloud, you had all these companies like Rackspace and everyone else that were kind of these virtual hosting providers. They would host your website. They would host your database. They would host you, all these and things. And you
0: could co-locate. Or, you know, you could get dedicated hardware. You could co your hardware in their, right. in their location.
1: But it's not like Rackspace transitioned to <clears throat> AWS-like platform. They did. No, they platform. did. I mean, they did, but yeah. not at the scale at AWS. I mean, this is, when we say AWS, we're talking Amazon. This, this company that sold books online, and all of a sudden, it they're an online retail store. And now they're the biggest platform out there. Yep. Why isn't Rackspace the biggest platform out there? I, I think it, it, it's it's part of the DNA, part of the that it's kind a, of it's the same
0: reason that Oracle is not the biggest one out there. Yeah, because they they were they waited. Yeah, they were too busy defending their existing. Uh, they they were a victim of their own you know cash cow right, and they they it was their job to defend that same same problem Microsoft had. And until they kicked Balmer out, I mean, they were just, that's the mode they were in. Protecting their existing assets instead of investing in the future. Yeah. Which is, I think, why we're seeing, well, it's why Salesforce never makes a profit. I think it's why Oracle has decided to forego some profit to really up their investments in this. It's, I guess, better late than never, but the question is, is um, is it better late than never? Well, Amazon uh, as well has been kind of... Now, Oracle's got enough resources that they can weather this and they can become a significant player and
1: I think they are. But I mean... But Rackspace, I don't know, right? Yeah. I, 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 just, I just wonder, you know, because those kind of companies were primed to kind of step up and say, we're offering this now, but they never did. It was companies like Amazon, it was companies like Salesforce, now it's companies like Heroku and Oracle that are offering these type of platform services, whereas these other companies did not. What do you mean? The companies that were involved in kind of virtualization technologies. They, they should have been primed and, and kind of in a position to kind of build these type of cloud services, but they never did. And I wonder why. I mean, I, I think Heroku,
0: you mentioned Heroku, but I think that's a counterexample to your argument. That's exactly what they did.
1: They relied on AWS to, to set it. Well, to for infrastructure, but no, but it, Heroku is the platform. It's a platform. It right, did. and and, and if, if you're talking about infrastructure, they're using Amazon for the infrastructure. Right, Rackspace had the infrastructure. Right, so why aren't they the AWS of today? Because they did not move into cloud fast enough.
0: Right, I guess it's it, that's the, again it's the difference between hosting and actual and, and cloud and virtualization.
1: And I, I think, in a, in a kind of long way of saying it, that's the point I'm trying to make: is that you know it, it takes a fir- very certain perspective. It takes these kind of understanding of what that means and what you're trying to provide. And Amazon also approached it from a scale perspective. Like from the beginning, there were
0: they were built for a large scale. It was all you could run your entire infrastructure based on on their APIs, right? And it, you know these other companies that were like basically web hosts when they did start getting into selling, you know, v- VMs, right. On a server, it was still a one-off thing. And it's not like you could uh, just with an API spin up new VMs dynamically. And and they didn't have that. They didn't have that technology.
1: I, I think more of it, it, it came down to understanding that there, there needed to be a, something larger than infrastructure. It wasn't just hardware, it wasn't just being able to say here's a, here's another blade in the stack for you. It, it was, you know, here's these services built around this that that not only allows you to host things but has some mo- built-in monitoring, has some built-in, you know, security inf- infrastructure around it and it has a tremendous amount of value add in in AWS kind of enterprise API services that they offer yep. or Azure, you know, you can you can you can enable your application to have um Cora intelligence, you know, Cora Siri like, you know, speak speech to whatever. You mean Cortana? Did I say Cora? <laughs> Cortana. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm I'm just saying, I mean, I, I think the value of, of these kind of services is is more than just infrastructure. It's what they put on top of that infrastructure. Well, they're almost one of the same.
0: When you talk about IaaS nowadays, I mean, you're talking about compute, storage. Networking, routing—I uh, mean, all that stuff—that is, that is, IaaS, right? But I think, I think it, the, the difference here is AWS kind of defined what that meant. They created their own definition of that and enabled a scale of computing that was not possible at what Rackspace was doing at the time. I mean, now those are yeah, all I those think are so all because, table stakes, Because the right?
1: platform itself—it's it, it, not really you can scale the, t- the infrastructure by adding a new blade. But I think the value was that they were using those blades much more efficiently because you, were ha- you had this platform that everything was built on top of, and it was able to kind of take the overall technology stack, the hardware, and kind of load balance it all across those. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if we're talking past each other. I'm not, not
0: understanding what you're saying, but <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's move on.
2: I predict Oracle will be one. Yeah. Um, I don't know right now. Today, there is no other company in the industry who has got a complete suite of SaaS applications. Oracle's the only one. So- you know, in this boy
0: yeah, now Salesforce is working on it, aren't they? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, but what about um, like SAP? And are there other companies that have? This I, complete I think SAP
1: suites? has has kind of proven that they're not able to do it. They 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 either need to. Do a massive shakeup at at the sea level or hire a really bunch of smart people to come in and save them because they've tried and they've attempted to and and their attempts have not gotten on. They have not been able to transition or get people to buy on to it. Okay. They they do $25 billion a year in applications. I'm not (laughs) saying they're not successful at what they do. I'm just saying... Their transition into cloud has not been as successful. I,
0: yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't Most follow, companies I don't follow are still SAP running
1: the, the on-premise <coughs> SAP applications. They they have not transitioned to the cloud right. stuff. Well, that's they're the, still choosing Salesforce CRM over SAP CRM. They're choosing to stick with SAP for the back office because that that has a tremendous amount of value yeah. for them. I mean, obviously, we we're speaking in
0: really broad generalities, and I don't know what those numbers are, so I can't necessarily disagree with you. But
1: I've worked I've worked with. And for a number of enterprise app companies that are using Salesforce mm-hmm. but continue to use SAP as a backend, right? A lot of that's just
0: this departmental rogueness, though, right? Departments are like, "Hey, we're going to run Salesforce."
1: No one wants to switch their ERP. I, I know. I know. That, exactly. That's well, a you massive you undertaking. Can't. Yeah. Well, it's I getting, mean, it's C- get, it's CRM get, CRM is a little bit easier. It's getting to where from. you can't switch your CRM. I know it's getting there, but I mean, which is which is ridiculous. It shouldn't it, shouldn't this be getting better? Shouldn't technology be in, be enabling? Portability and choice and freedom and all that stuff. No,
0: yeah, exactly. Not, not
1: from the not from not from the perspective of, of Benioff. Benioff's like, no, my platform is the end all. <laughs> yeah, Benioff wants choice and freedom in every way, except when it comes to being able to leave
0: Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him fighting for those rights. No, no. <laughs> no, but to I should say, to be fair, you can. You can export all your data out of Salesforce if you want to and go somewhere else. You know, whatever whatever proprietary stuff you tack on to Salesforce and their proprietary technologies, you should you either know or you should know that that is not going to apply anywhere else. But I don't really think that matters.
1: Obviously, obviously, to a lot of companies, it doesn't, right? (laughs) I mean, I mean, how many how (laughs) many flawed processes have you implemented? How many flawed automations have you implemented? I don't know. It, when, you, when you're switching systems, is a good time to reevaluate your processes and figure out, you know, are we doing this the right way? Yeah, leave all that shitty code behind, yeah, right? Exactly.
2: <laughs> Somebody eventually will get. Will By the way, because you know it sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah.
0: It's a legacy.
2: <laughs> get that done, I believe. And I believe you'll have a couple of providers in that part of the industry. A couple industry. of providers. I think probably likely at the platform level, you have a couple of platforms. Predictions. Uh, you'll also.
0: Couple of platforms. That's it.
1: It is kind of sad. I mean, obviously, that, he's talking about a, Amazon and them, right? I mean, Amazon's in a dangerous position of being being a monopoly. They, well, they are the runaway leader, like by far, yeah. But I don't. I don't think they could actually do an acquisition, and not not that they seem, not that they seem like they would, but I don't see them kind of gobbling up a bunch of platforms and trying to gain market share that way. It's,
0: it's weird. Though. Obviously, he was including Oracle in that, saying there's only going to be a couple of platforms left. That means he either thinks that Azure or AWS is going to go
1: away. I don't see that. I don't either. I mean, just... This- <laughs> I see Azure continuing <laughs> to grow. I see AWS continuing to grow. Oracle, I, I, I think... I think Oracle... I'm sorry, let me say this. Microsoft and AWS versus Salesforce and Oracle is a really horrible comparison. They all want to compare themselves as if they're equals, but they're two s- separate technologies. Yeah. Oracle and Salesforce are operating at a much higher level. Higher level, meaning the abstraction layers are higher. They're, they have an application that's built up on top of this entire stack. Right. Whereas AWS and Azure are at a much lower level, meaning that the, the stack is, you're dealing with a much lower level of the stack. You're closer to the hardware, I guess I'll say. Although Oracle has legitimately gotten in those other um, they have but what areas. what they're what he's talking about and what they're exposing to their customers is the application side of it, the platform side of it, the technologies that are that are what you would relate to salesforce c r m you know this application that's running on the cloud you just log in and Wait, there you go you can i mean you can buy just
0: i s from Oracle or you can buy PaaS. you can you know just have a java platform there running that you deploy your app to you can buy in it all these i mean they're
1: it is truly a full stack that you can provide buy it at whatever. But, yeah, but know. in the context of this conversation, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about their applications being available in the cloud and this platform they're creating around that. And mm-hmm. to me, comparing that technology stack to Azure and AWS is kind of apples to oranges, I guess. Hmm.
0: I would think at it, it the at the infrastructure and PaaS layer, there would be comparable. The difference is with, you know, Oracle has also has apps that you can either run in your own data center or you can run on their platform and, and Microsoft does as well right although I think it's you know Microsoft is not into the big enterprise apps as much as Oracle is but
1: I don't know a lot of enterprises run on Windows and a lot of enterprises run Office I don't I, I, yeah but they run them on their own hardware unless
0: you want to get into like Citrix and things like they that they have Office
1: 365 I mean they're they're getting into yeah, that and right. more companies are opting into that right
0: Anyway, I still think that, I mean, Oracle's platform and infrastructure are directly comparable to,
1: I mean, they're going head-on against If you expanded the, the conversation to the infrastructure perspective, then yeah, Oracle can be in that conversation. Salesforce is not in that no. in that at right. all.
0: And that's the big difference. If you, like, which one of these doesn't belong, it's kind or
1: doesn't fit in here, it's kind of Salesforce. Because Salesforce is really just about apps.
0: If, Except if, for Heroku.
1: If you expand right. the conversation. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about purely... <clears throat> You know all these Oracle applications. You know we're talking. I don't even know what they have anymore. The 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 HR applications or the the you know financial CRM, CRM. applications, mm-hmm. financial applications. If we're talking that, then it's a apples to apples comparison with Salesforce. If you're talk, if you go a a level lower in talking about infrastructure, then you can start talking comparing them to Azure and in AWS. Right. And and then Salesforce is just out of the conversation. Yeah. They, they don't do with that. The, with the exception of Heroku, because they do have that platform,
0: but it's, it's, a, it's, it's uh, really, a, it's almost, it's not a middleware. It's just, it's a, it's... Heroku exists kinda,
1: as such a separate, know, separate entity, a separate conversation. It, it's just... So, it, but it's always that asterisk there that you, know, you can't leave out. I know, but it's just not fair to include them in it. Yeah, you can't leave it out because we're elastic.
2: We'll <laughs> find the ability for those platforms to... Uh, work together, and I think like anything, you'll see a couple of providers, two, three providers at the infrastructure layer. Is Oracle a one big cloud, or is it a company of many clouds? I, like I saw an acquisition this week with add this, and I saw the word data cloud.
0: Sounds- still, this is my one of my. Things. This <laughs> cracks me up. People talk about the clouds as they're th- some physical thing, like oh, that building ha- houses a you know our sales cloud, and that other building over there that you see in the horizon, that, <laughs> that's our marketing cloud. Like, these are not separate things; they're not physical things. No, nope. it's just a BS way of. Of spinning crap. Good, great, good marketing data cloud, but it makes sense. It's social data. You see,
2: marketing cloud, social cloud. You get your. Are they a collection of clouds, or does it matter? Is it labeling? Uh, is the long the show, well, it's it's so like a
1: storm of clouds. I mean,
2: there. Well, well,
0: you,
1: you know what? This just shows how much. I, I said it. I think in our few previous um, podcasts, how Benioff has shaped the culture. Some more whiskey, John. <laughs> It's because I was trying to remember what I said. Okay. But I said it before that how Benioff had kind of shaped the culture, the culture, the, 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 the way people speak at Salesforce. Everything's a, oh, amazing, yeah. phenomenal. It's, it's a dialect. It's the Salesforce dialect. But bigger than that, they seem to have impacted the overall Conver- industry conversation. Speak, The conversation. <laughs> of clouds. I got you doing it. <laughs> when he said social cloud, sales cloud, those are Salesforce words. Those are industry words. Are Those they? are Salesforce I, marketing words.
0: I, you know what? I mean, you and I are so steeped in the Salesforce space. Of course we think
1: Salesforce is the first one to use the term sales cloud. But were they? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, that, I would bet money that they were. They're driving this conversation around clouds. <laughs> they sure are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> driving the conversation around clouds. <laughs> Are we not allowed to use word conversation? It's, anymore? It just it's this. It's such a tired metaphor. That's the thing. Conversation. Not
2: the cloud isn't, but. <laughs> All right. A a, a set of capabilities in the Oracle Public Cloud. Those capabilities are uh, the Oracle Pub. It's a pub. <laughs> it's a cool place to hang out, huh? <laughs> A marketing cloud, a sales cloud, they are not, if you will, architected as separate clouds. They are built on, as I, I said earlier, they are architected on the same platform. You almost get the feeling that
0: he's like, I'm really explaining this to you? Like you think these are <laughs> You think these are separate cloud a cloud is a thing?
2: That, that's almost the way he's describing this it's almost Fun. over here everything yeah. is built on fusion middleware common platform yeah. common oh, base no. common infrastructure that, that can work together
0: but that last thing he said there but the common base the common infrastructure that you know that's that's salesforce speak too that they always talk about it's the platform it's on the same oh what is what is many have called the um is it
1: scalable metadata platform <laughs> the, okay so <laughs> this this takes me back to to a number of years ago <laughs> I think you and I. This might have been pre you and I meeting. Oh wow! But this is when we were. I was introduced to Oracle Fusion, and it was this tenuous integration between disparate systems. Kind of my my hate with Microsoft in the way they said things were integrated, but it was this kind of just hacky way of of connecting the systems with some weird kind of communication messaging system. It wasn't even like this API communication where the things were kind of bidirectional. It was kind of this weird read-write transactional was, thing. Hmm. So not it wasn't a messaging. It, it wasn't like they they designed these systems to communicate with each other. It was like they tacked on some kind of middleware in between that yeah. would communicate with these yeah. things. Um so sure that worked out real well. And that was my first introduction to Oracle Fusion. Was they had these applications that they acquired and they created this suite of applications and they Bound it together with fusion, so anytime I hear fusion, I think of that. I think of this kind of middleware system that all it did was kind of integrate these applications together, but they were still very separate applications. They weren't designed to communicate with each other. they weren't designed to work together and so when I hear fusion, I kind of cringe, and maybe it's changed since then well, I, th- I think it's changed a bunch, and I also think it's nowadays it's just it's really a
0: marketing term, so now there's so here the Oracle fusion service oriented platform and application s- suite joins next generation enterprise technologies applications and services including Oracle fusion applications and Oracle fusion middleware Ugh. to change that I know it's just like I can't even get through this without <laughs> getting sick to my stomach um, yeah I think it's I think fusion is like what is um, something Salesforce says uh, what's one of their oh uh, lightning what is lightning well I Honestly, I couldn't tell you because it's so many things that it's almost nothing. Fusion at, is their uh, lightning, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: fusion is their lightning. <clears throat>
0: yeah. All right, well, that's my that's my oracle update. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make this a short show. Um, I got I, you reminded me of this a minute ago. I don't remember how, but I got to mention it. Um, how, how are you liking VMware Fusion these days? Still use it? Uh, I still use it. It no. hasn't been I mean, that's, updated. That's recently. the way that you run Windows, right? It is. Do you know they let off all their Fusion employees? No. Yep. You're kidding. Nope. They're laying off like a, a VMware, a total of, I think, 800 people total, including their entire Fusion and Workstation
1: teams. I, honestly, <clears> I'm not <throat> sure how well VMware Fusion is doing these days. I, I, don't, I don't think they're doing too well. Well, so. Does VMware own
0: EMC or does EMC? I think EMC owns part of VMware, and Dell just bought who? Which one of them? Uh, this is so confusing because they're out, they're part partially publicly owned, partially privately owned. Um, Dell and is it VMware? Hang on, I have to look. Yeah, it's a global alliance. Oh, EMC. So yeah, hmm. okay. So EMC is the owner of VMware, right? and Dell is buying EMC but VMware will will remain like a publicly traded separate company that's i it's i don't understand it but i used to have, you know ever since EMC and VMware and Pivotal uh, and Spring Source and all these things came together i never i'm like i need i need some kind of and even the org charts i that you can see there's just there's like here's think of it this way except really there's all these weird lines and dotted lines and it's super yeah. confusing because some of them are publicly traded, but they're still owned by some parent company, so they're kind of independent, but they're not. And they now they're you can you can sell off a parent to another company, but the children that it owns won't be a part of that other company. I, I don't understand this, but probably why I'm not a business entity structure lawyer or whoever yeah. does these things. <laughs> but yeah, so that'll be. I know a lot of people use Fusion. I, I don't even I I actually you know what? I don't even think I have Parallels installed anymore. Last time I reinstalled my. Laptop OS. I don't think I
1: installed uh Parallels. Well, one of my I biggest gripes to VMware Windows. Is, is they don't transition quickly enough. Like Parallels will be out with their Yeah, they're fast. While while, you know, app you know, Windows or whatever is still in kind of pre-release state, they'll they'll release their version of it that that incorporates that. And fusion is still way behind. See, I think Parallels, you know, that's all they do
0: is OS ten virtualization. Mm-hmm. Virus whereas VMware is has a huge business and Fusion's a small part of it. And VMware itself is part of a bigger f- family of companies that EMC right, including EMC. Yeah. So for them to just say, Yeah, Fusion wasn't contributing <laughs> much, just kill it off. And it's no big deal, right? But parallels, that's all they do. And I I don't know. I
1: am I might saying. have to switch to parallels. Well, then. I mean, I don't know.
0: I always thought it was fine. In fact, every time I looked, when I would was time to upgrade to Parallels, I would always look at see how Fusion was doing. I'm like, it seems like a toss up still.
1: So I guess I'll just stick with what I what I can get upgrade pricing on. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I think you know the, the, they're always trying to kind of trade each other because they're pretty much the only two. I think that's it. Big yeah. play. I mean, there's others, but there's only there are only two. Oh, VirtualBox, I guess. Yeah,
0: which Oracle owns. Speaking of Oracle, but
1: for the most part, they would trade specs. You know, one would be you know a little bit faster, and then it always seems like Parallels would release first and then Fusion would release right afterwards with like marginally better specs in terms of performance. Yeah, And then they would just kind of trade off between releases that way. Yeah. So it was always kind of a toss-up. It was like, you know, just pick whichever. They're both about the same price. They both, you both have to pay for, you have to pay for upgrades on both of them between releases. Yeah. So you just kind of pick your poison. Yep. Yeah, it was a, definitely a cat and mouse. Like One would yeah. go up, then
0: the next one. And <clears throat> Well, so Salesforce could be facing competition from a surprising new place. This ties into our... I think I read that. Early, Amazon. Yeah. Although I don't know if I buy this. So according to uh, investment research f- from Jeffries, uh, Salesforce partners, interestingly, picked Amazon as the third biggest threat to Salesforce, trailing only Oracle and Microsoft. It's interesting though. They so they picked Oracle, Microsoft, and Amazon as as uh, threats to Salesforce. I'm, sorry, I'm kind of surprised to hear Microsoft in there just because they're such a, a buddy buddy with Microsoft these days. So Amazon doesn't sell any CRM software, but it has a bunch of partners who sell CRM through the AWS Marketplace. This is I always forget about the AWS Marketplace. Yeah, You know, it's everything from custom Linux stacks and tons of free stuff, right? I mean, most of these things are free. Some of them you can pay for. To um, to stacks that include software already installed on them, right? So you can just say, I'm going to fire up some instances and I want to put this person's stack of stuff on it, right? And some of them are free. Some of them you can pay for. But I guess their CRM. Just spin up a, I don't know what it is. It just it sounds strange to me. I'm surprised that Salesforce partners... Number one, even that's even on their radar. Because what kind of serum would it be? Like sugar or just some completely like small, even a smaller player than sugar? Like some just proprietary or some like little. Could be some uh, industry specific thing. Yeah, I guess. Like, you know, cupcake. cupcake retail? (laughs) yeah, CRM? Um, I don't don't know. know, know. But it says apparently some customers are choosing these apps to piggyback along with AWS servers such as data storage and compute power rather than buying a CRM separately. Now, you could. That would be the way to go to get CRM on the really cheap, right? Because you're buying the compute and storage and everything from AWS directly, which is going to be a thousand times cheaper than if you buy that from Salesforce. And I don't know what they're charging for the CRM. I mean, I guess it depends on who, which one you pick. Oh, we should look into that. Yeah. And see what's, see what's in there. That's, uh, yeah. It says uh, it only. Uh, this survey only asked eighty-five Salesforce partners that mostly targeted medium-sized businesses. Eighty-five.
1: Yeah, I mean this. You know, this is such a small sample. This is
0: Business Insider, and this is this is written by this guy Eugene Kim. I mean, I, he he kind of covers the space a lot, but I, I just it's it's the it's of typical quality of this space. I'll tell you that. This really should not even be an article. It, I, I, his conclusion, though, it's, you know, it's another sign of how powerful AWS is becoming in the enterprise. And that's the thing. you know, AWS has had all the success. I mean, they're at a, potentially a $10 billion growth rate. And they're making a ton of money. AWS is the only part of Amazon making money. It's like, 20, you know, 40% gross profit, 20% net profit on AWS. And it's all been on small and medium businesses and startups. Right now, they're really A- AWS is is now starting to hit enterprise hard, and enterprises are they're getting like they're getting to the point where like okay, they, you know, they're very slow, right? They don't they're not going to move like you you were saying. I mean, it's all about trust and their data and you know yeah. everyone no one's gonna no one's gonna no CIO is going to risk going to some cloud technology early, right? They're going to wait till that road is well paved. All right, and that's kind of the point we're at now, and AWS is really going after enterprise. That's you know.
1: Seeing that every day. Well, I hope Netflix transitioning will be better. You ever notice on Netflix around holiday time, you can't—the service <clears throat> tends to shut down. No, but I use Netflix in a unique way that I probably shouldn't talk about on the public podcast. <laughs> 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 Anytime I can't view anything on Netflix. I'm going. Yep, it's a holiday. Let's, let me just. Everyone's say, on. I'll just say in abstract terms that I
0: I pre-cache my net. <laughs> Netflix content (laughs) on a local server that may or may not be operated inside my house and in my closet. A a, a homebrew server. You you said a lot without saying (laughs) that. A homebrew server. (laughs) Um, So what do you make of this Apple open letter they wrote about being forced by the government to put backdoors into uh, iOS? Well, it's stemming from a very particular incident
1: the um, that California terror
0: yeah. thing where like 14 people were killed
1: yeah they they want them to to crack that phone so they can get any information that's on it but then of course they're like well if this happens again we need you to make we need to make sure you have some kind of back door to do this for us right i, I think they really want the keys to that back door well, that's what apple's saying that they're being asked for yeah. from the fbi
0: and i, I think i
1: and, and there's a judgment a judge like ordered them to do this I'm okay with with Apple going in and taking the phone apart and saying, "Okay, we're going to extract the data and we're going to provide it." I agree with them in in kind of pushing back and saying, "No, we're not going to build a a back door for you to just kind of go in here and whatever you want."
0: <clears throat> so you're saying that you in
1: on this one-off case, Apple should try to crack this phone. Yes. Okay. I, but I mean, the situation dictates it. I, I think. I think. The company should be should have the discretion to say, yes, this warrants us kind of going in and violating the terms and agreement that we have with our clients and with our customers to go in and do this. Yeah. It, actually, it might not even violate their terms. I think their terms actually say if you're doing anything illegal or whatever, we're not responsible. So, so Apple or whatever. says they
0: have provided engineers to to the FBI to work with them on this case. But they said, now the U.S. government is asking us for something we simply do not have and something that we consider too dangerous to create. They've asked us to build a backdoor to the iPhone. Yeah. They want us to make a new version of of the of iOS, circ- circumventing several important security features.
1: <clears throat> I agree uh, with oh, oh, Don't do
0: it. So what, okay, here's what the FBI is saying. We want you to create an iOS version that has a backdoor simply so we can install it on this phone, this one phone, and get the software off, off of it. But Apple's no. saying... That's Okay, let me read this again. The FBI wants us to make a new version of the iPhone operating system circumventing several important security features and install it on an iPhone recovered during the investigation. Here's the problem, though. And, th- and I'm, I think this is a very important point. In the wrong hands, that particular version of iOS, which does not exist today, would have the potential to unlock any iPhone in someone's physical possession. So if that were to get in the to the wrong hands, it's... All you have to do is, you know, basically jailbreak it, and install this, and you can get whatever data is on that phone. Right.
1: Now, from the, I think, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, and I think from the other perspective of, say, from the FBI, is they don't want to have to go through the trouble of background checking and doing top level security clearance because that's what they're going to have to do for these Apple engineers. Um, To allow them to kind of access that information because they're going to see this information and it's going to be information that's going to be considered classified. And so I think from the FBI perspective, they're thinking, give us a way to go in and access this information at a top secret level because we don't want to have to involve (laughs) civilians in this investigation.
0: Well, again, that Apple's saying that the FBI is asking for a custom version of iOS that creates a backdoor.
1: I, they, they, I, can be, again, they can be
0: installed onto essentially any iPhone. I,
1: I, I know, but I think what they're <laughs> saying is, is again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. I don't agree with this, okay. but I'm saying that I think from their perspective, their thought is that we need to build it under certain cir- circumstances that are covered within the laws of their boundary, they want to be able to access it, this kind of information. Whether it's for Homeland Security or whatever, without having to involve civilians, engineers at Apple. Or oh, whatever sure, other right, technology. Right. That's the very simplistic, innocent view of it all. But we all know that power corrupts, and chances are that type of access would would quickly become—I don't know what to say—corrupted.
0: Or, or, or again, I mean the other. Assuming you could give law enforcement some way that only they could do it. Right. That's, that's one question if if that's even right. But the problem is how is law enforcement going to keep this magical copy of iOS safe so that it doesn't get into the wrong hands? I mean, this is the, that's something that we shouldn't have to rely on. We shouldn't have to rely on the government keeping this, this
1: secret or, you know, secured. Do you want to trust the government? It's a, it's a new age. It's a new age for government. It's a new age for, for our kids. It's not these are the things they're going to have to decide. It's the same old government we've always had, but they have access to a lot more information. No, they don't. They want access to a lot more. I'm information. just saying, there, there's a lot more information yeah. out there available that they potentially could have access to. Right, and, and, and of course they the want question, everything. Is, right? They want
0: access to everything,
1: and if they if they could pick, right, they're going to say, hey,
0: pff, give us everything. They, you
1: know, and then there's two sides to the argument. There's there's people that that would say. I trust the government. They're 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 working in our best interest, and if if they can derive some kind of event from information that they're able to access, mm-hmm. that would prevent a mass, um, what would you call it? Mass <laughs> no, killing, terror, terror attack, or, or, some kind of terror attack that that affects yeah. hundreds of people, and we could save those hundreds of people's lives. Right? Who wouldn't say yes? Go for it. Right. But on the other side of it is, well, they have access to your information, and, and what happens if they use that that information? <laughs> In a, in a way that's kind of maybe political or ideology, you know, ideology gets involved and they're using it in, in ways that you weren't intended to. Yeah.
0: Or like, you know, like, so you're talking about when a, when a, someone, you know, gets the FBI or the IRS to start investigating their, their political enemies and things right, like that. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I just think it's that, and it's not that, um you know, especially if, if the as long as the government still has to get warrants and go through the proper judicial system, Right. Accessing data is one thing. I think the, the problem in this case, though, is that if you give them the tool to be able to access that, there's really no. If it's just too dangerous, like that tool, if that got, if that got, you know, out in the open, would be would just destroy every. I mean, it, everyone's security at that point.
1: For that, point well, on. I mean, it's not just you, you. You can say government, and you can say this big bad government. Yeah, but even at a more, I don't know. Granular perspective. You have governments made of people and and oh, individuals, yeah, right. and those individuals are flawed. Are flawed. Right. I mean, there's cases with. Um, I mean, look how Edward Snowden got access to all this, all the things he got. Exactly, access to. I mean, it's there, just ridiculous. There are people within the community that, that oh, have I mean, flaws. We, there yeah. are people who are who are. Their girlfriend broke up on them, or they're they're infatuated with some woman, <laughs> and they will stalk them and they will access that information because they have access to it. We have we have,
0: you know, the president's ca- top cabinet members running homebrew servers in their closets. Yeah. I mean, it stuff gets out, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna get out. Here's what here's what I understand. Why doesn't the government go to these geniuses that do these? Um, what do they call them? The the jailbreaks and get them to do it. He says they haven't. I know. Well, I'm sure they have, right? You tell me the, a bunch of black Suburbans didn't pull up in front of that guy's house and. <laughs> <laughs> swordfish style he, he we, wi- we need to hack this he gets this. whisked away into some you know, dark <laughs> data center we'll under- give you like
1: 10 screens <laughs> yeah, all right. the wine you can drink yeah. all the techno music you can play but you're gonna hack this for us I've seen that before
0: that's Unix <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: movies Yeah, I love them anyway I think my favorite portrayal is has gotta be hackers the kind of virtual kind of scrolling through the towers of data I, I think that oh and then the Da Vinci that it was an actual person yeah, yeah I don't know <laughs> Hackers is fun to watch I like Hackers I guess <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those you have
0: to see once but I'm not sure and it was um, it's, it's not it's not something you can watch again like when I watched it when I was younger I thought that was cool and then on the opposite side of the spectrum you've got the what's the new uh, Mr. Robot did you
1: watch that? I haven't. Okay. I need
0: to, but I haven't. Now every time that I saw a screen of people doing something, it looked legit. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty real. Movies and shows are starting but that's to. It's not entertaining.
1: Better. Like I think I saw some episode of no, CSI it, where they like yeah. hacked into some Xbox or something. <laughs> they had to like play a game to a certain level and then they got access to some like Excel spreadsheets. And I was like, What the Or like you see you see some guy like looking at the man page for like how to some parameter they need to put us oh, no. to. <laughs> I got on YouTube. I got on YouTube and I I saw this it was an episode of CSI and there was a hacker, but he was really fast and he was cracking their firewall. So what did they do? Because he was really fast. They got two people on the keyboard the to, tri- to counter his hacks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God, it does not work that way. Get hack at the speed of lightning. I can't type fast enough. Let's <laughs> mind meld and both type on the same keyboard to, to counter this guy's hacks.
0: Yeah. John, we said this was going to be a short episode because we are actually now a weekly podcast again. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm not going to get to any of my
0: topics, so let's go. Where are we going? You had nothing you want to cover? I mean, I just keep throwing stuff out, but listen, it's getting to the point where you've got to just speak up or you're not going to get any of your topics in.
1: <laughs> no, I'm tired. I want to go home. Room am too. I want to have some dinner. Going to a
0: concert tonight, so I've got to
1: oh, yeah. get
0: some. Going to go moshing. <laughs> yeah.
1: although it is ga so i'll be standing up the whole time which i'm just i want to see a periscope of you moshing tonight yeah yeah don't hold your breath or at least a periscope of you enjoying the show (laughs) (laughs) and i guess to that i say good day sir
2: (laughs) you lose you get nothing good day sir all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything.